Hey everybody, welcome to the r and Show, episode 75. And here we are, uh, Chris George, myself, Ruel Gaviola, and our special guest, Travis Chance. Gentlemen, how are you? Wonderful. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Chris. Fantastic. Okay. I, I, Ready I was... to roll. <laughs> How are you, Will? I, I'm fantastic. I, You know, honestly, I've had a rough, like, week and a half or so, just feeling a little under the weather, and uh, things are starting to pick up. You know, but, uh, folks, if you haven't seen it, we have an extended edition of this show, and, you know, Travis, we got to really know him. It was, a, it was a really great interview, so be sure to click on the link below, and you can find the extended edition of the show. We talked about a little about about aging and how, you know, the physical stuff isn't always there as you get older, and I've been feeling that big time for the last uh, week and a half. Like And okay. just the mortality just our yeah, own mortality exactly. ever creeping towards us. That's how we want to start this episode. <laughs> just reminding everyone of our your imminent demise. Yes, nothing but the <laughs> positive vibes here on the R&R show. Happy Halloween. There it is. <laughs> Happy Halloween, folks. We are recording this Happy live Halloween. on Halloween. Yes, uh, here on Twitch. Uh, thank you for uh, watching. And uh, I'm going to turn things over to Chris, who's got some special things going on there, Chris. That's true, uh, because we have a special uh, sponsor for the episode, the episode being sponsored by oh, Crafting Kingdoms. Uh, they've got a Kickstarter going on right now where you can get yourself one of these really, really slick, cool board game bags. You can see this all rolled up. Why? Because it's easily rolled up so that you can display your games at game night as I peek my face around the corner, but but it doesn't matter. My face doesn't matter. These beautiful little dividers that you can get in Crafting Kingdoms uh, bags. I think these are a really cool addition. It's lined with fleece so that uh, your games get that extra protection and don't end up looking like my uh, my bruised and battered copy of Splendor in there. Uh, it also has these little uh, these pockets on the side, which I think is fantastic. And it also enables you to, if I can find the zipper, here we go, uh, to store even more games along to your game night. This was a little expansion that I was bringing over to try, and I'd forgotten to take it out of... Uh, out of the game, out of the board game bag. And um, I just, uh, I, I'm really, really impressed with the amount of features that is on this. It's like they took a regular board game bag and they were like, hey, let's let's throw in as many different features that make life better as possible. Uh, even they have a spot where you can store your play mats as well. I was fine. I, I'm not a huge play mat guy myself, but when I have play mats, I never want to bring them over when I'm traveling to a game night. And this I feel like having this enables enables that to happen. Um, so just some really really slick features as I unclip this bag, this bag's uh, top and lid, and roll it and close it because one of the coolest features that I think is out there, uh, or that this game can provide is there we go is that it can turn into a rolling luggage. 
That's right. They also give you this little rolling luggage part where you can take the back of the backpack. There's some Velcro here that I'm going to take. And if I'm not too weak, put it onto the uh, backpack roller right now. Hopefully I'm not too weak and it's not, I'm not going to struggle, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna. Boom. It's right there obscuring me completely, but you can see it rolling around on my table. And this is if you ever like go to conventions or something and you often uh, have your bags be on your back and you're, you're walking around from time to time, just being able to adapt it and change it into that sort of roller is huge. So a lot of incredible features here. They also have play mats with like LED lighting strips on them. You can check out their campaign in the show notes down below. Thank you to Crafting Kingdoms, of course, for sponsoring this episode of the top miniature games of all time that I'm excited to get into, especially because we have Travis. Travis, for those of you who didn't, who don't know um, and who didn't end up watching the pre-show, why don't you talk a little bit uh, about uh, where you are currently and why this is a great list for you to be on. I'm in my house in Tampa. No, uh, I am. A, I am. A senior, I'm sorry. I'm a Perfect. Senior. Yeah, Love that's it. all we need. That's, it. that's all. The, that's all the qualification. Um, I uh, am a senior you just designer. need to be in Tampa. Sunny, sunny Tampa. I am. I'm a senior designer over at Simon. So the uh, one of the preeminent miniatures game creators, content, you know, uh, publishers, if you will. So yeah, so I work yeah. a lot in that medium. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Chris. For uh, I'm glad, Chris, you're okay. I saw the lights coming down and things are just uh, falling all over you. So I'm <laughs> you know glad what? You're I'm just okay, so Chris. excited to talk about Simon. I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm still I'm still pumped up. A that Travis is a Survivor fan, and B yes. that studying Emerald is coming back, and I finally get a chance to play it. That's yeah. what I'm right. really excited about. Yeah. That was Simon's yeah. latest announcement. I'm excited about that too. Uh, they're, which they're you showing the game off for the first time. They're mm-hmm. showing it off right now, Luca, Italy. So yeah. Very cool. Wow. Okay. Why don't we jump into the list? Uh, Travis, you're the special guest today, so we're going to have you start uh, with the number 12 on our combined list of top 12 games with miniatures. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Do we need a drum roll or something? Oh, oh yeah. You're the drummer. Yeah, there it is. I can throw my light on the ground um, again if that would help. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll drum roll while I apologize to Chris for talking over him a second ago. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, so I think I think honestly I've got a delay on my on my end, so it's probably going to be a little. Bloop, bloop. But we'll we'll uh, make it work. We'll make it work. Yeah, Chris's picks are always terrible, says this person. So <laughs> I uh, so mine is, and honestly, this is tough because I I had to kind of prioritize them, and I'm prioritizing them by how often I play it. So mine is War of the Ring, nice. the epic Lord of the Rings themed two player game which i have the big sexy collector's edition version of because that was a responsible nice. way to spend money um <laughs> that is that is mine i i have you guys played this game no i have not and it's on my list of games i must play I never, ASAP. I yeah never and we're yeah. watching um a fellow arado contributor uh contributor uh shay uh, doing hit on his channel rtfm he did a how to play war of the ring in 28 minutes and i know right. that 
when I finally play it, this is the guy I'm going to watch because he's the one that basically taught me how to play Twilight Imperium, which turned out to be my favorite game of all time. And so I'm going to watch uh, Shay's video here. But um, I know it's it's a two-player game and it's, you know, set in the world of, you know, the Lord of the Rings and, and whatnot. Um, I would love to play. Is there anything in particular, Travis, that you love about this game if there's like one... I don't know whether it's mechanism or uh, or if you're just a fan of the theme, uh, something that grabs you. I mean, I think this game is a work of art. And the fact that it's a game, uh, this is an interesting game uh, from a design perspective in so much that it's it's a very expensive and, and kind of hard to teach two-player game, right? It really is just a two-player game. You right. can play some other variants or whatever, but, it, but it's a two-player game. It, um, it's so thematic and the outcomes of the game one, one it's neat to go into the that world and the, that very the, the tolkien world and, and and be able to play through those stories and see different outcomes you know mm-hmm. uh to kind of impose your own interpretation of of historical events and whatnot through the gameplay this game is so specific in its rules like overly specific like cumbersomely specific but it it is worth every second of it like if you can sit down and you can learn the meta language of this game it is so rewarding and fun and investing and it's just my god it's such an epic it's such a cool game and the fact that it's only a two-player game it really zeroes in on that confrontational element of these types of games um so because you're just staring across the table at this other person that you're inevitably going to hate because they're <laughs> killing your stuff off uh, <laughs> the multiple paths of victory the dice system the the the, the kind of like the multi-use cards uh the theme again just like there's just so much specific nonsense in this game but it's all worth it it's all beautiful and amazing and and i uh we actually francesco nepatella works at uh simon mm-hmm. uh, he's like kind of our lore keeper guy he's one of the designers of this and i know it was uh, um uh like a an inspiration for the dune game that we have coming out the two-player dune game mm-hmm. but my mm-hmm. god if you guys you it, it's something i think all if you're a real board gamer like if you're really into games you should do it at least once it's worth it find someone who knows the game who will let you be the shadow yeah. side because that's mm-hmm. kind of the easier side to play out of the gate and give it a shot because it is awesome nice yeah, I mean, you've got me sold because uh, this game, uh, my good friend Nick Murphy from the Brothers Murph, this is his favorite game, and he is a big Lord of the Rings fan. <clears throat> and he's he, it's interesting, Travis, he basically said the same, two of the same things you talked about. One, being a, being a work of art, and two, just uh, something where you can deep dive into the lore and really get into it. And he, he loved the thematic uh, elements of it, so... I'm looking forward to giving this a shot one time. And uh, we've got Shay's video that'll teach it to me in 28 minutes. So uh, I use that as a reference. And I'm not even kidding. Oh, really? Watch. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My buddy, the, Chris, who works with me, is a big fan of the game. And he taught it to me. I loved it so much that um, uh, last year, my present to myself was to get the collector's edition collector's expansions which don't go down that rabbit hole because there's not very many of those smaller expansions and they they get more and more expensive as you go but it's such a thing to behold like it's such a cool labor of love the production of this nice awesome okay um uh chris uh, we've got a number 11 to you my friend 
All right. I'm very excited to talk about my number 11. How I picked my list was I wanted to think about games where not just they had a lot of minis, but like the fact that there are minis, it kind of elevates the experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how I like to think about purchasing miniature games. I don't want a miniature game that where all the minis could be replaced by tokens and feel the same. I want something where like the presence on the table kind of really lifts it to the next degree. Uh, and in this one, it's a it's a dungeon crawler. This I backed on a whim. I, I didn't do my research before backing as much as I normally do. But I thought, you know, it looks like Diablo, the board game. It's a come on game. Uh, and it's uh, Massive Darkness 2. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love this game. This made my personal top 10 games of all time. Uh, I've just been obsessed with this game since getting it. And... What I think is so fun about the miniature presence on the board is that uh, very similar to kind of like Zombicide, you're going to have a lot of minis, but they all kind of move clumped together as a group. Uh, and I'm, I'm in fact, going, to be going over to my friend's uh, house who I get to paint most of my stuff because I'm a horrible painter. <laughs> um, but we're going to paint the mobs together and we're going to do like different washes for the mobs. And, and I think that's important because you want to, every time you you hit a mob, like one of their members dies, but they all sort of move around in clumps. And and so having that presence on the board of these like giant mobs swarming towards you and you hacking off different bits of the mobs. And if you're playing as the tinkerer, getting to like, change your mini out when you put on your exoskeleton suit. Uh, it just it just lifts it lifts the game, right? I, I wouldn't enjoy this game as much without the plastic. I, and, and I find for a lot of games, I can enjoy it to, to that sort of same amount. But for this one, uh, it, it just it just really elevates the experience. Uh, I, I love this game. The classes are all so fun to play. If you're looking for a dungeon crawler, I cannot uh, recommend this one enough. This is, yeah, it's, it's, it's in my top. It's just like a, it's a blast to play. It, it's, uh, it's, it's always fun doing these sort of one shot scenarios, leveling up your characters over those one shots and feeling the asymmetry of those characters is great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, massive darkness Two for sure. I knew I had to put on the list. Uh, and I'm very excited that it's on here. Nice. And choice. I'm happy. I'm happy to, to put, to put come on titles on the list. Travis, because you make great stuff. It's a great game. It's a good, it's a good Mm -hmm. representation of the company ethos of just making these games that you can sit down and play. And there's lots of like high impact fun. Yeah. It's fun. I think the in-game leveling system in that is so smart and easy. Just it's, it's great. Yeah. Well, nice choice, uh, Chris. Very nice. Um, Let's move on to our number 10, which is going to be my choice. You know, we're just talking, you were just talking about dungeon crawls and minis. And there was a bunch of these that I was wondering, which one should I put on my list? And uh, my list may have another one or two of these, but the one I chose for the number 10, which is my number three overall is star Wars Imperial assault. So anyone that knows me knows I love star Wars and this is very similar to descent. um, The, the old school dungeon crawl game, but of course, it's set in the Star Wars universe, and you have little uh, missions you can uh, you can do, and you'll have your characters, and some of them are original characters. Others, you may run into your some of your old favorites, Luke and uh, Darth Vader, and, and so forth. Uh, you'll have you know Han Solo. The expansion has a bunch of stuff, and you know you are traveling around 
trying to complete missions and fighting off the Empire. Um, you are the rebel scum, as it is in the universe, and uh, making it through the world. I th- This is the first... I think this is probably the first miniatures game I got that I really wanted to paint the minis, right? Just, I saw all kinds of videos on YouTube and Mm. I forget the gentleman's name, but he does these miniatures. They just, they look like they're straight from the movie. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I took a shot at that. Mine came nowhere close to that uh, level. Uh, So (laughs) I I just, I I stuck with a a really basic wash on my minis coming through here, but the gameplay is fun. Uh, you know, you're uh, traveling around, you've got your, you know, different weapons you can use and uh, picking up the uh, sidekicks or, you know, R2-D2 and uh, so forth. And using those uh, very standard, beautiful uh, Fantasy Flight uh, dice that you may have seen in a bunch of their games. Um, so it's really familiar. One thing that I want to point out that I have not done yet, and I'm st- I still have my copy that I want to do this with, is they have an app that you can use along with the game that basically becomes like the the game master so you're playing against that so it's a 1v all game but with the app you can play it solo and i you know i love playing solo games like this especially something in the star wars universe and that's why it's our number 10 overall star wars imperial assault that's awesome yeah there's been a lot of um a a lot of uh community around the solo community playing that game like mm-hmm. i know there's been a lot of input into the app and into making it accessible making those different scenarios happen if you are a solo player uh so i that makes it makes sense that it's on your list yeah yeah okay i, I love this game okay uh now we've got uh number nine and it's going to be through the power of video richard take it away Hey guys. Hey Travis, great to have you on the show at long last. Uh, And I gotta say, I'm not excited about any of your choices, but that's no surprise because miniature games are generally not my thing. But I do have a few to talk about today, and we're gonna do number nine from the roof of my RV. Jen and I are in Florence, Oregon right now. She's back there somewhere doing some window shopping and whatnot. I figured I'd get to work and let you know that number nine on our combined list is claustrophobia. This game is freaking brilliant. Two players only. One player is the heroes trying to plunder a dungeon. The other player is controlling all the monsters trying to take the heroes out. And for each player, it's a dice worker placement game. Uh, But the interesting thing is each player has radically different style of play. I have no idea what is going on in that tree over there. I don't know if you can hear all the ravens or crows screeching. Anyway, though, sorry, what was I just saying? Oh, they quieted down now. That was very distracting. Um, so if you are the heroes, you have four heroes that you are controlling. And each round, you roll four dice. And you slot them into these little uh, dice trays. And you've got to pick which hero gets which die. Because that uh, specifies their stats for the round, what special powers they have access to. And it's a lot of fun. And every round, it's a fun puzzle to figure out how best to use those dice with your heroes. And meanwhile, the uh, monster player gets to roll dice and do a full-on dice worker placement game because uh, the dungeon player has a board of all kinds of different actions that they can set up and do. Um, you know, saving up for, you know, spawning monsters or saving up for like really big monsters or a big wave of monsters, making events happen. It's brilliant. It's one of the very, very few games Jen and I have ever enjoyed where we are really at each other's throats the entire time. Um, and it's gotten a newer release a few years ago. Uh, like Claustro was 1643 or something like that. I don't really remember the specifics, but still, whatever version you can get, claustrophobia, if you're looking for two-player head-to-head dungeon crawls with brilliant Euro mechanisms and 
a ton of miniatures that come pre-painted too. That was so rare back in the day. There's a lot to recommend for number nine, claustrophobia. Okay. I, I've never heard of claustrophobia, but just based on Richard's description there, I I would totally be into it. A two-player dungeon crawl. I mean, sign me up. And especially with the pre-painted minis, I'm always down for that. Um, but I was I was unaware of this game until he he just mentioned it right now. Yeah, that's it. I have I've heard game. really hey. good things about it's good. Oh yeah, go for it. That's no, the, no, no, it's, it's my it's delay good. interrupting. No, no, it's it's <laughs> yeah, not I've, like we, we just I've, talking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I've heard really good things about uh, sixteen forty three for sure. Uh, I know I know quite a lot of people who talk super highly about that game. Um, yeah, it's something that I think the ambiance looks really great. Mm-hmm. Adding to that, adding the miniatures into that to give it that presence, it draws me in. Super, super excited about that pick. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was just thinking about what you said earlier, Chris. How you know this? This is the type of game that I feel like if you try to replace it with just like little cardboard chits, it's just not the same. Uh, just because of the thematic uh, tie-ins and stuff. So. Um, something to think about, folks, when you're playing games with miniatures. Uh, let's move on to our combined number eight, and we're going back to our guest, Travis. What do you got for us for number eight? Uh-oh. This is the shameless uh, pr- work promotion. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Blood Rage. Yeah. <laughs> Blood Rage. One of my top five. You don't have, You should have me in the video, Ruel, where I beat Sam, and he told me he'll never play. Oh, I did I did not know you were in. I of course I had to, you know, sh- self, uh, you know, shamelessly self promote myself when I was on the That's dice amazing. tower. But um, uh, yeah, I, I played it there with him on a twenty four hour stream, and then afterwards, Sam is like, "I will never play that game with you again." Oh, um, nice, nice. You, that is Sam's favorite I, game, and I'm so glad this is on the list, um, uh, Travis. This was actually my higher up on my list, um, but you know, you got to talk about it. Again, what is it about Blood Rage that just, you know, that floats your boat, basically? Well, I think Blood Rage is interesting because in my mind, it's not really an area control game. Like it it it, it says that it is, but it's the, the drafting element I, as a magic player, you know, went back going back to the interview, the drafting is is really fun, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a really unforgiving mechanism. Uh, because it makes the assumption that all players have an equal understanding of the value of things, right? So, like, you inevitably have someone who's maybe new, and you have a person who's who's played the game before. Well, the person who's played before has a greater uh, understanding of the value of cards and therefore has a massive advantage. And this is one of those games where, like, I've played this game and I've seen someone, like, last place have, like, five points and first place have, like, 180 points. And... Uh, <laughs> It's yeah. just unapologetic in its approach. It's another, like, I, I, Eric Lang has this um, obsession that I, I believe started with uh, his Game of Thrones LCG days of the Martell's win-by-losing strategy. So there's the Loki strategy in this, yeah. which anyone who's played this game whines about. I don't even think it's that good, but yeah. it feels really good when someone gets both of those cards in the first round and then drains yeah. you and you can't take your full turn yeah uh this is the first simon game that i played that had these just like massive miniatures like the giants and things like the the sea serpent and and it just you know I, those sculpts to me aren't as as impressive as the newer sculpts of something like say onk you know mm-hmm. but still this game was the first game like that 
from this company that I played where I just wanted to play over and over and over and over. And it just felt so replayable because everything in the game is like a positive loop, right? You're always getting better. You're always making good decisions. And then you kind of turn your nose up at those cards where like plus four strength and then someone smashes your face. (laughs) You reveal your quest because you don't have any of those. And they're like, plus six. And you're like, oh, my guy's done. Um, I think that's really, really cool. And it just, this, this game has so many, uh, neat and, uh, I have a lot of fond memories of playing this game and and it's a game. I don't care when I win a lot, but this is a game that I care about winning when I play. Like I want to win and I like that about this game. Yeah. This is, uh, I got into the hobby in 2015 and at that time, you know, I was still playing this gateway games and, you know, games that are for newer gamers. But this is the first one that I saw. I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to play this. And a friend of mine had painted um, his his copy. And the first time I played, I was like, this is the greatest game of all time. I love this game. And as Travis was saying, it's it just seems infinitely replayable because, you know, you're leveling up your characters through the draft and your, your car, your, you know, tribes and everything they evolve during the game and i love that about the gameplay and i had such a great time with the dice tower crew i was i did not beat sam uh, it's his favorite game but it was, i was very happy that i was at least in the running in, in contention uh but yeah it's just it, it's such a brilliant game and it's it's a masterpiece in my book um chris any thoughts on um blood rage yeah, I mean, I also love Blood Rage. It made, I think, my personal top 20. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love Eric Lang a ton. Uh, yes. And I know that Blood Rage is considered by by probably the the, the vast majority of people to be the favorite out of that tri- trilogy. Right. Um, and, and there's a reason. It's because, it, because that drafting is so slick. Uh, I I also love the sculpts in that, although it could just be that my, my buddy Zach painted them to, like, perfection, but like I I I love the I love the difference of sculpt. There's only like four giant sculpts in it yep. in the in that base game, but they're just so varied and so exciting to put on the table. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's one of those that I will never turn down a game of because I really I I, I love it. I don't mind the swinging nature, but yep. it also it's something where you really want to tell players before going in. You're like, listen, here are like the cards that you need to be aware of exist. Um, and, and I'm going to draft them first. It's like, whenever I play with new players, I basically tell them every card that I'm drafting, uh, just to be like, this is in my hand. So know that later on when I use it against you, you had a heads up. Um, that's uh, because because it can be so punishing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like but basically yeah, doing love, love getting it to the table. You're doing martial arts and you're like explaining every blow as right <laughs> before you land it. Here's the part where yeah. my boat and the sea serpents are going to be sacrificed for eight victory points, and then I'm going to endless and then I'm going to pay a rage to put them back out, and I'm yeah. just going to repeat this. At, at churning points yeah. over and over, and there's really nothing you're going to be able to do right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The I feeling right the before, not not enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not enough for them to get out of the way. Yep. <laughs> but just so that they seem like it was verified. I think this is a game too. Like when you get one of the additional miniatures outside of your your clan, mm-hmm. like it feels mm-hmm. 
good. Like you feel special and you're like, yeah. even, and it's almost yeah. funny how they get bigger as you go. Into later <laughs> right. <ages>. Like <laughs> you get the troll in the first age. You're like, he's pretty gross and yeah, pretty big. Just... And then fire giant comes out in the next one. You're yeah. like, Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. You know, just one quick uh, thought. I, this was the game that I use. I, it's been a while since I've been doing the uh, open game nights, um, you know, since the pandemic or anything, but slowly but surely getting in, back into them. This is like the third of the trilogy of like I would introduce players to card drafting. So I'd always start with Sushi Go. And then I go to mm-hmm. Seven Wonders, and then this would be like the uh, the end of the trilogy. It's, hey, you've done Sushi Go, you've done Seven Wonders. Now let's play some Blood Rage. You know, it's still card there drafting, you but you got a lot of a uh, lot of cool minis to, nice. to play with now. Okay, yeah, awesome choice, uh, Travis. Let's move on to our number seven, Chris. What do you got for us? If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, yeah. I was I was love talking about Blood Rage so much. I was like, wait, that wasn't even my pick. Uh, I have a pick now. And, uh, and and this is this is again a game where the minis really elevate it for me. The the minis are what made me take note of it. Uh, it's got a unique art style that you don't see that much. And putting that art style into mini form, I was like, yeah, I really want this in my collection. Uh, it's Townsfolk Tussle. Uh, so Townsfolk Tussle is uh, it's a it's a boss battler, right? It's a it's a kind of a skirmishy game. And here we're seeing a prototype, so you just see the standees, and you don't, and you're not seeing the minis. But there's the minis, uh, uh, uh in, in the box. Uh, it's got this sort of cuphead, cartoony art style. Uh, and you go through in the main game, you go through four. You have to fight four bosses, and these bosses get progressively harder and harder. I would say don't do that. I would say fight two bosses, and mm. that feels like a nice condensed session. Uh, on four bosses, it, it, it feels like it starts to get a little bit repetitive, and you're like, okay, I'm doing the same thing, and, and I could move on to another game. But at like two, it's like the sweet spot for me. Um, two to two to three, and they've changed that in the expansion. It's like an official variant of like, oh, just play three bosses and and uh, level up your characters in between a little bit better, or you start out with a little bit extra gear or whatever. Uh, but but it's really really charming. Um, me- mechanically, I don't know if uh, it. It, it has it's it's I, I was really enamored with it and then the more i played it i was like okay i think because it starts to feel a bit a bit samey but i i just find that the the minis and the table presence and the world is one that i really want to dive back into and so it's it's one where where when i was thinking about top games with miniatures i'm like yeah it is the art style it is the it, is, it are the minis that bring me into this world and and make me want to get this off my shelf um i i I was contemplating like this and like Monster Hunter World, who mm-hmm. had the, like those friggin' giant minis. 
but uh, I, I opted with this because of like the uniqueness of, they're both boss bat- battlers, right? And have kind of a, a similar flow and feel. Uh, but I opted for this one because of the, the presence that it brings and the art style and, uh, and how much that art style really informs and makes the world enjoyable to play, which if I was just moving tokens around, I don't know if there'd be enough um, mechanically to keep me as invested, but because I have like the characters and the art and like get to add extra uh, items and equip items and that sort of stuff, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's our collective number seven, Townsfolk Tussle. Nice. I haven't played that one. I haven't either. Um, same. I've only seen it, but uh, just based on your description, uh, Chris, this is, and I was looking at the video, I was like, I, I, I would love to jump into this world, you mm-hmm. know, and that's where these minis really it's do really, that. Yeah, yeah. They, they really do bring you into that world, right? Yeah, it's really solid. I think, I think um, it, it doesn't have as much complexity as a lot of other sort of boss battlers. And so not as much like rules overhead. You're really, it's, it's stat checks. It's a lot of stat checks and a lot of similar stat checks. And so if that, that, that's, that's a positive and a negative to some people, right? That's a positive in terms of, of low, lower rules overhead and just getting the game going. Uh, it's a, it's a negative. If you like your crunchy tactical moves and then the monsters adjust and you know, this one, it's all about figuring out the puzzle of interacting with the terrain and mm-hmm. using the terrain to deal the bouts of damage that your piddly little weapons cannot do. Uh, <laughs> Cause you don't <laughs> use the terrain effectively. Like the bosses, they'll just stomp you. Uh, yeah. But if you do figure out how to use the terrain to your advantage, then you can, uh, then you can come out on top. Very it's really nice. interesting this art style that's that's like uh, Vagrant Song mm-hmm. and that, that Cuphead mm-hmm. stuff. It's interesting that so many games are leaning into that. It's cool. I mean, when I've seen, I remember seeing yeah. Vagrant Song at uh, uh, what was it, Pax Unplugged last year, and I stopped and I mm-hmm. kept stopping at the booth because I was like, this looks so neat. I, and it's a similar yeah. style in terms of aesthetic. So. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love to see more games yeah. use that, that Vag- style of art. I think it'd be neat. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I I love Vagrant Song's art as well. Like, the, but they have acrylic they have acrylic standees right as they're right. like up level. They didn't go the mini route, and I so I thought it was neat too that um uh they both are kind of similar in terms of boss battler style, but Townsfolk Tussle was like, no, we're gonna go with minis and. Uh, and I like seeing them. There's something about the 3D nature of right. what should be a 2D character. Yeah. That is, that's a very fun juxtaposition. Absolutely. Cool. Great choice for number seven. Let's move on to our number six. This is my choice mm-hmm. for the list. Uh, this, I'm going to say, it was the greatest deal I've ever gotten on a board game, period. I, nothing even comes close. And it's our collective number six. It's a game called Mechs versus Minions. And when this game came out, it was $75 retail, 75 US shipped. And yeah. this game, it should be a couple of hundred dollars with the amount of stuff they packed in there. And it's because it's Riot Games. They've got that League of Legends money, so they could totally take a loss on this. But they it was like their love letter to board games. Uh, there are, you know, there's a bunch of developers there that are board gamers, and just they decided, hey, let's do our own. And they came up with this uh program um program movement uh game and it's a campaign style game you have 10 missions you each control a character and these minis <coughs> the characters themselves are fully painted then all the minis have like a wash on them and i've never come across another game again riot games got all kinds of money in the world they can afford to do this but no other game that i've purchased
price at retail has been this phenomenal. And the game itself is fun. Um, I'm normally not a program um, movement type of guy. Uh, just it can be chaotic. But in this case, it works. Uh, just having the chaos of, hey, you're running in, into your, um, you know, your uh, fellow players and trying to complete these missions. Why do you keep bumping into me? That's always a fun thing. Uh, but then trying to, you know, navigate the different like oil slicks and all kinds of different things. I think it's a great game and it's totally replayable. I mean, it is set up like a, a legacy style game, but you can totally go back and do missions uh, over. But they also have a very uh, cool thing online where people had created their own missions and they also uh, came up with a few as well. Uh, there are some secrets as well, which which is really neat. I won't. I mean, the game's been out for years, but I, I still won't um, spoil them. But there are some secrets in the box that you will eventually get to. Um, and as you can see here, this is Richard's run through from a couple of years ago. You are basically playing cards uh, secretly, then you reveal them at the same time, and then you move your uh, characters and hopefully destroy all the minions. But uh, this is one I've had so much fun with, and I still enjoy it to this day. This is Mechs versus Minions. Yeah, such a phenomenal deal. Just like... I, I love a good deal. I, I'm not a huge fan of programming movement either. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, that doesn't tickle me, mm -hmm. but I've often contemplated it just because I'm like, you know what? I need to pay homage to like one of the best board gaming deals that ever existed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I feel was... like my love for deals and recognizing like the amount of stuff that you got in that box when it came out yeah. for like the price. It was insane. Uh... <laughs> insane. That's Game Tray's first game too. Oh, is, was it really their first game? Yeah. Whoa. Was it really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, wow. I, I, Pretty impressive first run, eh? Really impressive. Yeah. Very yeah. cool game. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm watching the video right now, just remembering the, some of the things that uh, you do here. It, it's just so it's just beautifully produced, and um, just everything was so over the top for what it was, and but it worked, it, and it was again. We've talked about this a few times uh, on the list where. I couldn't imagine this. Yes, you could play it with just cardboard chits, replacing all the characters and and minions and stuff, but it would not nearly be as much fun as it is with all the uh, characters and all, all the doodads that you get uh, in the box. All right. So mm -hmm. let's move on to our number uh, five. And we've got Richard. So take it away, Richard, right now. Okay, uh, good choices. I'm definitely uh, getting a bit more excited about what you guys think. Uh, although, I'll be honest, Blood Rage, I did try it once, not for me. But I would definitely give Townsfolk Tussle a go sometime, Chris, uh, because, I mean, I just love the look of it so much. And, Ruel, you stole one of mine. The Max vs. Minion should have been on my list, but you rated it a bit higher than me, which is why you get the call. But that's okay, because I'm here at the end of a day of travel. There's the Umqua Lighthouse in the background. I just finished setting up my Starlink, uh, so we'll have internet for tonight. Let's just come over here and give you a, uh, a look at our view that we'll be having through our front window this evening. Actually, I guess the sun is kind of blotting out. That's an ocean out there. But anyway... Uh, what's number, where are we at now? We're at number five on the list, correct? Yes. Uh, what was it? Oh, I bet you nobody's heard of this one, right? A uh, Space Alert Away Mission. This game is so fantastic and it flies so under the radar. It was, I believe, the one time that Stronghold Games, under um, the uh, leadership of 
Stephen Bonacore actually tried to make a mini heavy game, and I love it to pieces. It's nothing like the original Space Cadets. Uh, it's its own thing. It's a cooper. It's another co uh, dungeon crawl, but this time cooperative, unlike my previous one, Claustrophobia. And, um, you know, we're on a bunch of different space stations fighting all kinds of scary space aliens. It's very much patterned after kind of a pulp sci-fi Buck Rogers vibe, which is a lot of fun. And it comes with dozens and dozens and dozens of missions, tons, tons of content, you know, like almost a Gloomhaven level of content to it. But what's really interesting is it has a lot of dice rolling, right? Which I admit, rolled resolve is generally not a really attractive thing for me, although in a co-op experience, it's a bit better. But here's the deal. When I am setting up to, you know, hack the computer or fight the alien or whatever it is I need to roll dice to see if I succeed or not, the beautiful thing is the dice rolling is almost a formality. We are such super powerful characters compared to the problems we come across. Anytime we attempt something, it's very unlikely that we're not going to succeed. We're not going to be able to roll successfully. The interesting thing is the dice all have extra little explosion pips on them on some of the faces. And that's what you really want. You're rolling for those bonus activation actions because the more of them you get, and therefore the more dice you want to roll, the more you can activate all kinds of powers based on who your character is, based on what your weapons and items are, based on where you are, even based on the aliens in the room that you're fighting against, that you could activate weaknesses on them as opposed to strengths on yourself. And so every round, yeah, I want to get in position. I want to do some kind of skill check not because i care about that i mean that's just that's just getting to the good part rolling the dice so i can see how many of my bonus actions i get to do and then figuring out how i'm going to spend them amongst all the different ways i can and it's really cool and it has a lot of miniatures of course uh you know again that really kind of pulp 50 sci-fi um vibe it's absolutely wonderful and it's a real shame that it did not get more attention because i think it's it's just delightful number five on the list space cadets away missions yeah um, i remember when this game was out and i have, excuse me i have a feeling uh that when it came out it was sort of overshadowed by another game called captain sonar and I remember friends of mine, they got into uh, Space Cadets. They were really into it. But the second uh, Captain Sonar came out, that's all we played. Um, it, it played up to eight players. I think Cadets was right. like up to six or whatever. And even though they're totally different games, I think at that time, just the the wave of like, not hysteria, but the wave of hype of Captain Sonar sort of just left some games uh, in the dust maybe. So that might be part of it. Um, I have... Uh, I, I don't know. Thoughts, uh, guys, on, on that, on Space Cadets? I think, wasn't Space Cadets like a different game? There Wasn't there a prior Space Cadets that yeah. was like a bunch of little mini? Is that Jeff Engelstein? Is that who did this that, game? That might be. I think mm -hmm. you're right, Travis. Yeah, let me, uh, I'll, I'll look it up right now. Since uh, yeah, I know, I know Jeff and Sidney Engelstein did Space Cadets, but this yep. Space Cadets was designed by Dan Rathbler and Al Rose. Oh, okay. Uh, came out in 2015, Space Cadets Away Missions. Okay, so I'm totally uh, thinking still, of a different still game. still published by okay. Stronghold Games. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm totally off base here then. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> I've never, yeah, I've never played this game ever. Yeah, I thought I yeah. had, but apparently yeah, I have. I've, I've okay. also heard more about the yeah the the 2012 Space Cadets with yep. um, Jeff and Sydney. Okay, well uh, there it is. Yeah, uh, but it's a good pick. Rocket. A nice, a nice fun. That's what these lists are about, you know. Yeah. 
getting that fun pick. All right, cool. Um, let's move on. We've got four games left. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us today, folks. Uh, number four is going to go back to Travis. All right. Nemesis. Preferably mm. lockdown. Preferably lockdown. There it is. And we've got nice. Shay doing the rattle run through there in the video. Hey, he got me to buy this thing. That's that's the Oh really? Thing. What 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 made you buy it based on uh, <laughs> this run through? Just my undying love of Shay. No, um <laughs> he just does a really good job of breaking stuff down. I, I feel like when he's talking uh when he's explaining things, he does a good job of kind of almost like making it uh, di- easily digestible while also giving you a real idea of depth and complexity. Cause he does yep. tend to talk a lot about these really complex games and, and like war of the ring, my, my other pick, this is a game that has like kind of a meta language of its own as a designer. I think this game is like a masterpiece. Like this should not work. It is just like, <laughs> you know, you woke up, and just every bad thing could happen to you. And like somehow that someone was filming you and that became like an incredible TV show or something. <laughs> like, it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, what did you do? Oh, I, I went to work today and then uh, nine rooms caught on fire. And then, you know, someone was trying to kill me. <laughs> I went through an air duct. I got my leg ripped off and my guts were hanging. I've played games of this that like, it, they're so cinematic and this game is, it's just so much bad stuff happens. And yet, there's this weird understanding with the players that that's a part of the game. You can, I played this with Lindsay at dice tower retreat and she misread her card and murdered me like vented me into space <laughs> because she thought her card said, Oh, there can only be one other survivor. And it said one or more other survivors. So she just killed me by accident. <laughs> and then I, I was like, what does your card say? And I read it. And then she's like, don't tell everyone they're going to, you know, they're going to think I'm stupid. And I'm like, and then we're playing with Zev, Z-Man Zev. And Zev's character is just like cowering in a corridor that's unsafe because he's afraid he's going to be next. And it's just, you know, and then I was the guy that went and got everyone sandwiches. Uh, and that should be a bad time, but it was an amazing time because it was funny and it was memorable. The last time I played it, the entire ship facility burned to the ground and we all died. Um I played it where I escaped and I ended up winning and another guy got to an escape pod, got in the escape pod, failed some kind of a role and his like guts fell out and he died like as he was being shot in space in an escape pod. So it's like if you're a fan of the Alien franchise, there is no game that is closer to the Alien franchise than this. The, the, the game, the core loop of the system is super simple, but... There's all this, once again, specificity with remembering what these rooms do and how you can use these rooms to kind of hack the game. Uh, I, I just, I think it's awesome. Like, I think it's such a really great game. And I think the miniatures do help elevate. It gives you a sense of being in a three-dimensional space. If you feel like you're, you know, you're trying to embody that person that you are in the game. So I don't know. That's, yeah, that's mine. I think it's great. Yeah, um, yeah, I've not been able Great to play this pick. yet, but this was on my list. Yeah, this is as you said, this is uh, Alien in a, in a board game form, and that's that's what everyone tells me. And I I love the Alien franchise, and I would this is a game that has to be, I I need to play. And just looking at Shay's video, this is the one I I will uh, turn to when I eventually do play it. Um, Chris, you haven't played this either, correct? 
No, no, I have. Oh, you it have. It's on my list. It, it's in my top twenty. It's nice. it's so good, and, and I and I agree a hundred percent in terms of the cinematic experience. That's how I always describe it. Mm. I can remember more specific games of Nemesis than I think I can almost any other game. Um, maybe not. Maybe not the game that I'm about to talk about. But uh, other than that, it, like specifics, like really specifics about it, like one uh, one time where the, my buddy just again made a beeline for that escape pod and took out and was like laughing at all of us as he like set every room on fire as he went out. It's just like where you make an unlikely alliance and, and then where where I ran back in to try to drag somebody out and then got covered in slime and all the aliens attacked me. It's it's so. It's so memorable. It's so memorable. The storytelling that emerges from this game is so good. And, and why it also is on my list uh, is because whenever, well, the first time I played it, uh, my, buddy, my buddy Zach had backed it on Kickstarter. And so he's like, okay, he, he had hidden all the minis, all the alien minis from us. And so when an alien popped out, he then took the mini from the box yeah. and like, slammed it on the table. <laughs> and so we first had a little a little face hugger popped out for us. And we're like, okay. And then immediately the next room, the queen came out. Like right away. <laughs> and he's just, boom, this giant queen was there. And we're like, this is the very beginning of the game. And it's like, doesn't matter. So we were all like running away from the queen. Amazing. Uh, it was just a friggin' blast. Like, yeah, yeah. An awesome pick. So cool. This game is so good. I agree in terms of I would I would opt for lockdown because I like the mechanics a little bit more in lockdown. I think they're a bit yeah. more like refined. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the theme is is maybe a bit uh, more percolating in the in the original game because it is on that it's on the ship it's on the right. Nostromo or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, the nemesis. But uh, yeah. Yeah, the nemesis. So yeah, sorry, definitely, definitely the nemesis. Not, <laughs> not anything else. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, uh, Chris. Um, let's go to you for our collective number three on the list. So our our collective number three. This uh, to people who know me should come as no surprise. It's got minis in it, and it's my number one game of all time. And it's also another command title. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind putting command on here yep. because they're the friggin' bomb. And that is uh, my personal favorite of Eric Lang's trilogy, Rising Sun. Oh, um, yeah. I love this game. I I I love this game. Every I can remember so many. Uh, games of this game because, and this is what I think Eric Lang does really, really well, is creating that like above the table interaction, like creating a framework in which it, it forces you to interact and like really interact and talk with the people who you're playing against. There's no multiplayer solitaire happening here. It's it's like, hey, are we going to go for this battle? Can we split up? Can we make like a sub deal? We're in an alliance, yes, but are you going to do the thing that's not beneficial for me? There's so much game that can happen here. Uh, and one thing, actually, that I, I think people people get thrown and they don't understand the game sometimes has to do with the minis and how cool the minis are because the sculpts of the monsters are really, really cool because one of the biggest complaints about this game is that your monster can get, can be taken hostage and people are upset when they spend three to four coins on a monster and then somebody takes them hostage and they don't get to be in a battle with that monster. And I say, yeah, sorry, that's a core element of the game is taking people hostage uh, you have to be prepared for that. It's like knowing knowing something could happen, like Loki could steal your points. Your monster could go away if you don't have the power to defend it. 
and I think that makes people a bit sore because of how the how fun the monsters are. And people are like, I just want to play with the monsters, yeah. and they don't realize that like all all avenues are balanced, and it isn't just whoever buys the coolest monster wins. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I just think the 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 monsters and like the the minis elevate that presence so much. The little strongholds that came with like the Kickstarter exclusives. I wish they came in the base game because they provide that table presence and that like surveying the surveying the provinces to see who's going to be spawning people where uh, I think that's, that's one where I, I wish that was like in everything because I think it is so important and actually is really important to the gameplay. Uh, and this is also, this is my first, um, this is my first game from come on that I can remember where they use different colored plastic for the factions. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so, so nice to people like myself who aren't that good at painting uh, or, or, or struggle with a basic wash, being able to have that differentiation on the table really just like elevates it to, to an accessibility point for, for anybody playing the game. And so you don't need to paint them uh, and, and you can still have the fun of the minis and and seeing the differences of the table presence and make it really readable. And, and, and I thought that was so slick and like see it as the standard moving forward. And that like that was one of the first times where I could really clock that happening on on like a larger scale scale mini. Um, so that also made me excited about it. But of course, it's my number one game. So I I, I wanted to put it on the list. And wow, that's your number one game of all time. It, so I will yeah. stop. That's your number one game of all time. I love, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, um, this game reminds me of, um, you know, when you have different types of players at the table, they're going to affect your experience for any game. And I've had a really good experience with this game, but I've unfortunately also had a really bad experience with this game. And it was just, I felt like the bad experience. We, I think it was like a four-player game, but. For whatever reason, two of the players were super AP. Um, they were just going way, I don't know, just way uh, deep into this and worrying about every single alliance and whatnot. And it just dragged out the game. But thankfully, my last game of this that I played was a little bit more, you know, everyone sort of knew what they were doing, but they weren't going to sweat every single alliance and worry about getting all the different monsters and stuff. So that one picked up that that one played a lot more briskly so i did enjoy that so i don't know chris in your experience playing this game have you had that as well or is it, have you always just had an awesome time playing this game um i've 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 been in groups where i've had a less awesome time mm-hmm. um it's still been awesome because i like what's happening but yeah, yeah i think i think it is with games that have like a lot of above the table interaction and lots of like potential negotiation there, you need to have the, have a group that, that wants to engage in that similar way. And yep. sometimes you get a player who's like too aggressive. It can kind of sour it. Uh, generally it's been pretty good. Even this, this summer I played it with three people, two of which were like brand new to board games. Like okay. very, very brand new. It's like, I taught them, I introduced a, the games of them all summer uh and we played this in midway through that and they all three of them loved it though we, okay. it, it took us five hours and they were yeah. engaged the entire time just like because we were all ready to like i set up i i premised it i was like listen this is probably going to take a long time especially because you're all new there's gonna be lots of talking but like if you're if you're in for the long haul 
like you'll have a good time. And they're like, we're all in. Uh, and so we had, uh, they all had a, had a great time. Awesome. Because of that, I think, but I, I yeah. agree. I agree that like, Anything that can be very player dependent for sure. Yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. So that's our number three. That was Rising Sun. Let's go to number two. We got two more games left, folks. Uh, I'll take the number two spot. Our collective uh, top twelve games with miniatures. And my number two is a game. It's actually it was a reimplementation of a long running series, and it is Zombicide Black Plague. So I played the original Zombicide, and I love that theme. And I also love the one, I, I don't know if it was the original one or the second one or whatever, where they're in a shopping mall. Because I love the old George Romero movies, and I watched them all, uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead, et cetera, et cetera. And I love the theme of, hey, it's us, our little you know group that we've banded together, and we're going to get through this mission and just slaughter a bunch of zombies. Um, but I remember the first time I played Zombicide, I didn't pick up on it as well as I wanted to. For whatever reason, the rules were a little bit messy from what I remember. And then, so I, I just, I stayed away from Zombicide until Black Plague. And then the, I think the next one after this was Green Horde. And now the, I prefer the mall setting, but these take you back to, you know, fa- uh, fantasy setting. But I felt like the rules and everything were a lot more streamlined and they just seemed a lot more easy for me to pick up. And, <clears throat> Just like the other ones, you have missions to complete. And come on, it's all about slaughtering zombies, folks. And that's what this comes in. There's tons of that in this game. And another game that we talk about all the time uh, during this list where those minis really bring you into the theme of the game. And as Travis had talked about earlier, just very, for me, um, this one is super, super um, cinematic. And, you know, just... Uh, thinking about all those great mob uh, movies where you know zombies are getting slaughtered. That's the first thing I think of. And it's like, yeah, we're doing it. We can get through it. And then having that inevitable moment, it's like, oh, we're not going to do it. We're dead. Um, that always cracks me up because that's what, what happens in yeah. these movies. But every now and then, you do get to uh, taste the uh, sweet, um, delicious taste of victory, which is uh, fun. And um, in Black Plague, you have different, you know, a bunch of different missions you can do. It's a classic. And for my money, probably the best um, of the series. That is our number two, Zombicide Black Plague. Another fun one. Yeah. A classic. I, I love yeah. that one. 100%. Okay. I could I could talk for hours about Zombicide versus Massive Darkness 2, and I have. Yeah. Uh, but that's for a different, <laughs> a different time. Nice. Um, yeah, Zombicide is a great pick because of that sort of like presence as well as the hordes move towards you. Yep. I think it, it kind of captures a similar thing. Totally. All right. One more game, folks. It's back to Richard. Let's hear what he's got for us. Okay. I was actually going to do the number one tomorrow morning on the road. I thought it'd be fun. But then Jen said, no, you got to do it here because the lighthouse just came on. You can't quite see, but you can see it's casting light and uh, stuff onto the trees. And then, of course, the sun, she's a going down. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. And what better way to uh, end uh, with our wonderful countdown, number one. Uh, Before I uh, give it away, I'm sorry, those are three more I don't care about. Those three typify everything I generally don't care for with miniature games. But our number one, oh my gosh, the greatest miniature heavy game of all time has to be Project Elite from Artipia Games. Man, this game is something special. A cooperative board game that truly captures the intensity of a high-velocity shooter video game and also the uh, ambiance and dread and excitement of James Cameron 
Cameron's aliens. This is so smart. Players are rolling dice as fast as they can, desperately trying to get the symbols they need to be able to move around, to fight the aliens, um, to you know activate, interact with the world and stuff like that. But the important thing is you will often find yourself, um, what do you call it, a rolling skulls. And every time you got roll a skull, that means you got to stop what you're doing, pick an alien, and move them one step closer to destroying our dropship. Because the board is brilliantly set up. Even in these really, really tense, high-octane, high-pressure situations, the rules overhead is incredibly simple. And um, that's really important. But the brilliant thing about this design is you'll only do that high-intensity roll, 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 roll as fast as you can for a little bit. Um, and then when the timer comes out, then things slow down. The bad guys start doing really cool special powers and whatnot that will mess you up if you left them in the right position. So it's as important about putting yourself in the right spot and making sure the bad guys aren't where they're going to do more damage. And the game comes with several different mission types. Uh, it's got a bunch of expansions. It got a, a very nice upgraded uh, reprint from Cool Mini or Not. Uh, surprisingly enough, I think that's awesome that Artipia laid the groundwork and then Cool Mini or Mott, uh, you know, got it across the finish line. It is brilliant. I can't believe it wasn't on any of your lists. It is, as far as I'm concerned, the best heavy miniatures game of all time. Uh, and folks, I'll let it go back to them. But remember, the show's not over. If um, you follow the links down in the show notes, you can go to the extended playthrough where we will talk about some other miniatures. Because believe it or not, I got a bunch more miniature games to talk about. That'll be in the post show of the extended. But anyway, back to you guys one more time. All right. Yeah. Project Elite. That is a big hit. Um, it was a big hit a couple of years ago. I know people love, love, love this game. I love the whole real-time element to it. I, it just it captures that feeling of, as uh, Richard said, just massive, you know, gunplay or whatever. Um, but uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up, guys? No, I'm um, so glad Travis, it's... you go first. So many CMON games. What do you know? <laughs> no, it's, it's almost great. like they're pretty good at what they do. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I think that was Andrew's intention when he asked me to come on here. Now that we are a forerunner of that stuff. But there's lots of, I mean, there's, you know, the reality is a lot of these games could exist without miniatures, but the miniatures do really elevate the experience a lot of the time Agreed. especially if you're playing something that's like an experiential game something like can you imagine playing project elite with tokens having to like man manipulate flat objects awkwardly picking them up yeah. and moving them it would be awful yeah. it would be really yeah, awful absolutely but no i mean it, it's it's honestly i i have a sense of pride uh, that so many of the games that we make made it onto you guys list thank you and i appreciate that you let me bribe you into putting all of our games on the list it was <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're off the air right now right they can't do <laughs> oh uh oops <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> whoops but uh thank you travis for joining us i really appreciate you taking Thanks. the time and uh thank you again chris and thank you all for watching be sure to hit, click the show notes below for the extended edition we talk about all kinds of different games and we've got one more thing that Chris needs to talk about right now. Uh, Chris, what you got on the table there? That's true. Before we go, I want to thank our sponsor as well, Crafting Kingdoms. There we go. It's the nice the nice big view so I can put on my butt. My games are rattling around safely inside because of how uh, gorgeous these bags are. Uh, thank you again for sponsoring the show. 
definitely, definitely go and check out their their Kickstarter campaign. These bags are so well made. They add like such beautiful little details that I love so much. Like these these little patches, you can get like a dice or a meeple uh, or... I, I know when they sponsored the last episode, um, there we were talking about maybe getting some Flamecraft designs on there. Hey, Travis, I can put you in touch with them if you want to make some come on branded bags too. Uh, it's it's just yeah, they're just they're just super they're super well made, super cool, and for sure go check out their campaign down below in the show notes. Thanks again to Crafting Kingdoms for sponsoring the episode, and thanks to my light for not falling over this time. And that'll do it for the R&R&R show, episode 75. Take care, everybody. See you later. So long. Bye-bye.